the book of uh, Revelation again. We're going to go back to the book of Revelation, but tonight we're going to go to Revelation chapter number five, <clears throat> the book of Revelation and chapter number five tonight. And uh, I started a series on Monday night, and uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we're going to finish this series up tonight. And I'm so glad to know that Jesus is still in the midst. Amen. Amen. Aren't you? Aren't you glad that he's still in the midst? Amen. Amen. I mean, no matter where we're going, no matter where we're at, he's always right there with us every step of the way. And so tonight, Revelation chapter number five, let's begin reading tonight in verse number one. And the word of God says, And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within, and on the backside sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? And no man in heaven nor in earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. And I wept much, because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. And one of the elders said unto me, Weep not, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. And I said, Behold, and lo, in the midst of the throne. Amen. Amen. John said, And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders, stood a lamb as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. As I'm going to read for the sake of time tonight, may God have his blessings to read of the word of God here tonight. In our previous studies, we discovered that Jesus was in the midst of a few different things that I had talked about in the previous services. Uh, we find that uh, Jesus, on Monday night, we saw that he was in the midst of our struggles, appearing in the upper room as the disciples struggled, struggled with doubt and they struggled with fear. And thank God, friend, let me say tonight, uh, if you're here tonight, underneath the sound of my voice, uh, and you're saved by the grace of God, uh, and you struggle with fear, and you struggle with doubt, uh, hey, my friend, let me encourage you tonight. Look up because he is in the midst of all of our struggles. Amen. Last night we saw him in the midst of the church. The church, not just a building, my friend. This is just a building when the people leave, amen? This is just a building when the people leave. But thank God when those who are saved by the grace of Almighty God, those who are washed in the blood of the Lamb, when we come together, guess what that is? That is the church. And so last night we saw Jesus in the midst of the church as John received the revelation. And there is great comfort in knowing that thank God our Lord, he stands in the midst of our struggle and he stands in the midst of his church. What a way to fear tonight when we know that Jesus is so near. What do we have to dread when we know that Jesus is in the midst? Amen. But tonight, I want to look into the future now. No, I'm not a crystal ball reader, so don't go there, amen? <laughs> My head may look like a crystal ball, but it ain't one of those. <laughs> but tonight I want us to look into the future. 
And I want us to see what John saw as he saw what happened after the rapture of the church. You see, Revelation chapter number four, the church is raptured out. Now, Revelation chapter number five, we're going to see exactly what John sees in the future. As John, like I said, my friend, we're going to look at this. And uh, I want us to consider a time yet in the future that was given to John in the Revelation as John was taken up into heaven with the glorious opportunity to record the events that's going to take place not around the street of gold, not around the gates of pearl, not around the mansion we're going to be living in. But thank God he tells us exactly what's going to happen as we examine the scenery what goes on around the very throne of Almighty God. You know what he found as he began to look? He saw, he found that Jesus Christ himself was right there in the midst of the throne. He was right there in the midst of the throne. Look what the Bible says. And I beheld and lo, in the midst of the throne... But he goes on, I could extend this message and, and maybe make another message on in the midst of the elders. But we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna put the brakes on it right here. We're going to look at Jesus being in the midst of the throne. And surely, John felt somewhat like the high priest of old, having the very privilege of going behind the veil and going right into the very presence of Almighty God. Hallelujah, friend of mine. I thank God tonight. Uh, if you're saved by the grace of God, we can be right in the presence of the Lord Jesus. Amen? Amen. Because when He is in the midst, He's in our presence, but most importantly, we are in His presence. We are in the presence of royalty when we realize that Jesus Christ is in the midst and He's in the midst of the throne. Amen. We know Jesus tore the veil in two as He fulfilled redemption's plan on the cross of Calvary. But now John stands in the presence of the glorified Christ. And this is a scene, like I said, that is yet in the future. But tonight, church, uh, we can have revival and we can rejoice knowing that our Lord reigns, our Lord is in control, our King of kings, our Lord of lords, He reigns, hallelujah, He reigns, He's right there in the midst of the throne of Almighty God. Seeing our Lord in this setting should bring a peace and a comfort to every born again child of God tonight. It ought to bring comfort and peace to us knowing that our Lord Jesus Christ, He's still there. He's still there. He's still there. Hallelujah, friend. Jesus Christ is still in the midst of the throne. Hot dog and hallelujah. He's right there, amen. He's right there. He's never left. He's still there. He's still at the right hand of the throne of the majesty on high. He's right there in the midst. Amen. And friend, that'll make you say amen three times right there. Simply because, hey, we know where he's at. And he know, we, know, we know we're going to be right there where he's at someday. And we know where he's at. And we know where he's coming back to. Amen. Now, John was raptured out. Revelation, Revelation chapter 4, the rapture's taking place. And now John is seeing him who is altogether lovely right there in the midst of that throne. Amen. 
Let me say this tonight. Seeing our Lord in this setting, like I said, I want to bring peace and comfort to every born again child of God. Death could not overtake him. The grave could not hold him. Because, friend, three days later, he got a pad of that grave. And 40 days later, he ascended back to heaven, sitting at the right hand of the throne of God. He's right there, Brother Gary, right there in the midst of the throne. And he lives today and he shall live forever and ever and ever and ever. And because he lives, thank God, you and I who are saved by the grace of God, we're going to live forever too. We may die in body, but thank God, the real us who's been washed in the blood, we will never die. We will never die. We will never die. Hallelujah, friend. We're right there with him. We're going to see him in the midst of the throne. As we consider this glorious moment recorded by John, you probably already know what I'm going to preach on. Tonight, I want to finish this meeting up by preaching on the subject, Jesus in the midst of the throne. Jesus in the midst of the throne. Look with me back in verses 1 through 4. You're going to find a moment of desperation. As John stands before the throne, we discover a somber moment right here. Those around the throne of God give attention to the voice of that strong angel. Look in verse 1 and verse 2. You're going to find the inquiry of that moment of desperation. The Bible said in verse number 1 and verse number 2. And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written on the backside sealed with seven seals. I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the book? and loose the seals thereof. As the scene unfolds here, John sees God sitting on the throne and holding a book written within and written without. And it's sealed with seven seals. And the angel asked among those who were present, who is worthy to open the book and break the seals by which it is bound. In John's day, my friend, a Roman will or a Roman testament was sealed with seven seals. And the seal could only be broken by the heir of the inheritance. You get where I'm going? <laughs> Amen. Because I'm going somewhere and I want you to go with me. I said tonight, friend, back in John's day, a Roman will or a Roman testament was sealed with seven seals that could only be broken by the heir of the inheritance. And as we're going to discover, thank God, my friend, our Savior, our Jesus, our Lord, our King, our Kismet Redeemer, our Lily in the Valley, our bright and morning star. Hey, he's the inheritance of all things. Amen. Most Bible scholars agree that the book contains the title deed to all Jesus acquired as he fulfilled the Father's will through offering himself as the atoning sacrifice for sins on the cross. We find a moment of desperation as John looked up. Who is worthy to open the book? We see the inquiry. Third of all, we, see, uh, uh, we also see the inability in verse number three. Verse number three, the Bible says, And no man in heaven nor earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look thereupon. They couldn't even look on it, much less open it. A search was conducted throughout the universe to find someone who was worthy to open the books and loose the cells, but no one was worthy. No one was found. Now you bear in mind who's already there. 
Who was there when John wrote this down? David. King David was already there. Moses was already there. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they're already there. Elijah, Elisha, my favorite preacher in the Bible. You know why Elisha's my favorite preacher, don't you? He's a fat, bald-headed farmer, amen? <laughs> you read about him, he was. He was a fat, bald-headed farming, farmer preacher, amen? He sure was. And uh, I got a message I preach every now and then uh, on a uh, 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 fat man in a pea patch, amen? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I might preach it here one of these days, who knows? But anyway, I mean, you think who's already there? Moses, Elijah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Elisha, Daniel is there. Ezekiel is there. Uh, Peter is there. Stephen is there. The great apostle Paul, he is there. But you see, and the other apostles were there. And not a single one of them, Brother Joshua. Joshua was there, amen? The dude that fought the battle of Jericho, uh, Jericho amen? amen? He was there. But we find that none of them were worthy to be opened the book. And this emphasizes our need for a Savior. Why? Because you and I tonight, we are unworthy. But thank God, He alone is worthy. He alone is worthy tonight. Amen. So we find here a moment of desperation. As John looks in the midst of the throne, we find a moment of desperation. We see His inquiry. We find His inability. Verse number four, we see the uncertainty. Verse number four, we find the uncertainty. And I wept much, John said. I wept much because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. Now it's gotten so far, no man is worthy to open it. No man can look upon it. And now no one can even read it. And now John is, he's desperate preacher. He's broken hearted. And the Bible said he wept. He cried over the fact that no one was found worthy to open the book. And John wept bitterly, and John wept uncontrollably. Why did John cry? Why did he weep? Well, one Bible scholar said, or a Bible commentator by the name of W.A. Criswell explained why John wept. He said, John's tears right here represent the tears of all of God's people down through the centuries of time. And these tears were tears of the Apostle John. They're the tears of Adam and Eve as they were driven out of the Garden of Eden, as they bowed over the first grave, as they wanted the dust of the ground with their tears over the silent, still form of their son by the name of Abel. He also goes on to say, those tears that John cried are the tears of the children of Israel as they were in bondage and they cried unto God in their affliction and slavery. They're the tears of God's elect down through the centuries as they cried unto heaven. They're the sobs and the tears that have been wrung from the heart and the soul of God's people as they looked on their silent dead, as they stand beside the open grave, as they experience in the trials and the sufferings of life the heartache and the heartbreak and the disappointments are indescribable, my friend, that people go through today. And such is the curse that sin has laid upon God's beautiful creation and death.
This is the damnation of the hand of him who holds it. The usurper, the interpreter, the intruder, that alien, that stranger, that dragon, that cross-sided Satan devil. John said, I wept audibly for the fear to find the Redeemer. And let me say this before I go any further tonight. Your tears and my tears are precious to God. For he puts them in a bottle according to the Bible. And so we find that John went audibly for the failure to find a redeemer. It meant uh, if nobody's able to open the seals or read the book, uh, if no one is able to look upon it, that meant this earth in its curse is consigned forever to death. It means that death and sin, damnation and hell shall reign forever and ever. And the sovereignty of God's earth shall remain forever in the hands of Satan. And so we find within the first four verses verses as John looked in the midst of the throne we see a moment of desperation when's the last time child of God you got desperate for God when's the last time child of God we wept broken heartily over that lost soul we wept broken heartily over that wayward child we broke, uh, wept over, uh, uh, broken heartily over our own sin. When's the last time we wept desperately that God would revive us yet again? Oh, my friend, as John looked upon the throne, as he saw Christ in the midst of the throne, we see a moment. To, we see a moment of desperation. But secondly, tonight, look at verses five through seven. As John now looks, remember now. The rapture's already taken place. John is right there. We're seeing what he sees. And thank God, we're not walking the street of gold. Thank God, I'm going to be walking that street of gold one day. Amen. Down here, men fight over gold. One day, I'm going to walk on it. Right. Amen. 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 John wasn't, we wasn't carrying on about the mansion in heaven. Tammy said, when we get to heaven, she wants a mansion right beside me. Not together. She says she wants her own little queen palace. Amen. Uh, but friend of mine, it wasn't, the focus wasn't on all that. The focus wasn't on the apostles. The focus was not on the angels. The focus was not on our loved ones who's already gone on. John had a focus and that focus was he who's in the midst of the throne. His name is Jesus Christ. He who sits at the right hand of the throne of the majesty on high. But yet, as he looks upon it, he saw the book that was no one worthy to be found to open it, look upon it, or even read it. And so that was a moment of desperation. But secondly, tonight we see a moment of exaltation. Verses 5 through 7. All of a sudden, look what happens. The scene is quickly changed. It changes from a moment of desperation to a moment of exaltation. You know what that means? Somebody got down and worshiped. Huh? Somebody decided, hey, let's get the eyes off of the, off the desperation and let's exalt the one who's in the midst of the throne. Well, we find here that somebody changed the scene and the moment of exaltation is worshiping the Lord. You consider the encouragement in verse number five. The Bible says, and one of the elders said unto me, 
Weep not. He said, John, don't you weep. One of the elders quickly consoled John. Hey, John, there's no need to weep because, John, you're going to soon discover one is worthy to take the book. One is worthy to open the seals. And guess what? He is right there in the midst of the throne. And Jesus Christ, uh, the Lord, He is worthy. Amen. 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 And this serves as a reminder tonight, my friend, that heaven is going to be a place of joy. Heaven is going to be a place of peace. Uh, hey, my friend, uh, one of these days, uh, sweet heaven is going to fix it all. Let me say it this way. Tears and sorrows will not be welcomed there. Tears and sorrows will not be welcomed in that city of gold. The former things will have passed away. Death, suffering, sin, and sorrow will not be found in heaven. Thank God, my friend, Brother John, one of these days I'm going to confess my last sin. One of these days, Brother Gary, I'm going to let God down my last time. And when I get to heaven, I'm going to see him who's altogether lovely. And he's going to be right there in the midst of the throne. I'm not going to weep anymore. You know what? Because Revelation 21, 4. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death. Neither sorrow nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain. For the former things are passed away. And the one that's going to do it all is right there in the midst of the throne. And I'll make us say hallelujah right there. And it will revive us tonight to know, hey, it's not getting worse. It's only going to get better for the child of God. We find here a moment of exaltation. We see the encouragement. Also, we see the announcement. Hey, John, don't weep. The elder said, weep not. Let me give you an announcement. John, behold, he said, John, keep a looking. Yeah. That word behold is Greek for look. Yeah. Aren't you glad he didn't say behold it because that meant looky. <laughs> <laughs> hey, John, behold, look. He said, behold, the line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, had prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. Hallelujah to the Lamb. They found somebody. They found somebody. He's right there in the midst. And John, my friend, he said, behold, the angel wanted John to see the line of Judah. He came the first time as a sacrificial lamb. He's going to return as the line of the tribe of Judah, as the righteous judge. He said, look, he is the root of David. He's a sovereign of the ages because you see, the sovereign of the ages has prevailed to open the book. He will rule and reign as the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. Many deny and reject him today, but one of these days, my friend, all will bow before him as king. Amen. I'm glad I'm on the Lord's side. I said tonight, church, I'm glad I'm on the Lord's side. And you know what? I'm glad he's on my side too. Amen. 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 And my king is right there in the midst of the throne. Thank God. Look at the assessment in verse number six. John said, look. Or, or the elder said, look, John, weep not. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root and offspring of David have prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. Then John recorded verse number six. I assessed, I looked at what I was looking at. 
John said, And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne, and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders, and there stood a lamb, and as it been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent forth into all the earth. And seeing the lamb in the midst of the throne, John recognized the divine character that this lamb that was slain possessed. When John saw Jesus, John saw the Savior. Amen. When John saw Jesus, John saw the Savior. He was the Lamb that was slain. John the Baptist had proclaimed Jesus. He said, Behold, the Lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world. You see, even John the Baptist said, Look, here he comes. <laughs> Amen. He said, Look, here he comes. And let me tell you tonight, church, look. Here he comes, amen. I said, look up, your redemption draweth nigh. He was still, and he'll go right back to the midst of the throne. Amen. Well, Christ Jesus died in our place, offered atonement for our sin. And John said, look at the sovereign there. He said, the assessment that I see as I beheld in the midst of the throne, I see the lamb that was slain. I see the Lion of Judah, the Root of David. I see the Savior, the Lamb that was slain, but also I see the Sovereign. The description of John seems a little grotesque, it may be, but you see, it beautifully portrays the divine character of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ as a Sovereign King. Sovereign means above all. All authority belongs to the Sovereign. Are you getting that? I said, all authority belongs to the sovereign Lord Jesus Christ. Because when everything takes place, Almighty God is going to give over to the Lord Jesus all the authority, the power, and the glory. Amen. And thank God, He is our Savior. He is our King. And He's right there in the midst of the throne. The seven horns... Speak of his omnipotent power. He is Lord of all. He is Lord of all. I've heard preachers say this before. If he's not Lord of, life, of your life, then he's not Lord of all. If you don't make him God of all, he's not Lord at all or something like that. Look up here tonight. I don't say that. I, I don't listen to a preacher when he says that. I turn it up here. You know why? Because my Bible says that he is Lord of all, whether we want to realize it or not, no matter how cute the quote may sound, he is still Lord of all, whether you make him Lord of your life or not, he is still Lord of all, amen. amen. And he's right there in the midst of the throne. Amen. The seven eyes, which are the seven spirits, speak of his omnipotence. He, is, he sees and he knows all things. There is nothing hidden from the Lord. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, uh, beholding the evil and the good. I haven't told you this already, but I'll tell you again as a friendly reminder, nothing catches the Lord by surprise. Right. Amen. Amen. Absolutely nothing. He knows it before it happens. He knows what's going to happen before we know what's going to happen. And by the way, look up here tonight. He knows you and I better than we know ourselves. Yes, he does. Amen. He knows us better than we know ourselves. Amen. That is our Lord and Savior. Well, as we look and examine, we see in the midst of the throne tonight, we find, first of all, we find a moment of desperation. He was, he was concerned that nobody was able to open the book. 
he got to the point of tears. And those tears are a representation of every tear, child of God, you and I will ever shed until we get to glory. Tears, again, are precious to the Lord. Many years ago, I preached a message on tears, and I, I can't remember half of what I preached on it, brother, but I know this. I know they're precious to the Lord. Amen. Before he puts them in a bottle, Amen. and now the tear that's shed goes by him without him noticing. Amen. He knows every tear that we've ever shed. Yep. Well, we find that uh, in the midst of the throne, we see a moment of desperation. We see a moment of, of exaltation, but last of all, Look at verse 8 through 14. We see a moment of jubilation. A moment of jubilation. In our closing scene now, we come to a moment of praise and adoration and jubilation and worship of the Lamb of God who is right there in the midst of the throne. Look at verse number 8. Consider this with me. Look at verse number 8 and see the prayers. The Bible says, And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. Look up here. You and I are not going to be flying around from cloud to cloud with a diaper on, with wings on our head, and a harp in our hand. Amen? Amen. Get that out of your head right now. I wouldn't want to picture me like that anyway. I wouldn't want to picture Brother Jimmy like that anyway. Hey, man, Mr. Ivan Jimmy. <laughs> Uh, y'all thought y'all was going to get by with that. I keep getting picked on about that message I preached here last year about the naked preacher. <laughs> now we got wings and wearing a diaper, brother. Amen. What's that say about us? Maybe they're depends. Amen. Who knows? <laughs> but no, we're not like that. We're not going to be bouncing from cloud to cloud. I mean, I wouldn't qualify anyway. Most of them have curly hair. I don't have none. You got some preacher, so you might qualify. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. But you see here, we find that the prayers of the redeemed of all ages are brought before the Lord as a sweet smelling aroma. Sister McCraw baked some homemade bread and I opened it up. Oh my goodness, that aroma filled my nose and I tore it up, brother. <laughs> I'm still tearing it up. And I mean, I just, I just love good smells. You never know what you got till it's gone. When COVID hit, the smell was gone. Right. Now I've learned to appreciate the smell of things. Amen. Even if it's a skunk, I still appreciate it. <laughs> Don't you go there. <laughs> Amen. I mean, friend of mine, we ought to learn to thank God for the little things in life too. When's the last time you thank God for the taste? Amen. The smell. The hearing. Amen. The touching. Amen. When's the last time you thank God for those five senses? Amen, bro. Huh? Amen. Like I said, you don't know what you got until it's gone. Amen, bro. I never lost my taste, but I lost my smell. I thank God I didn't lose my taste. Amen. Yeah. Amen, bro. Well, we find here that the prayers of the saints of God, there was like a sweet smell of Roman in the nostrils of God. I mean, consider the countless prayers that's been offered throughout the ages of time. Consider how many times you and I have prayed. How many times your pastor has prayed. How many times your family member, your, your church members, uh, your congregation that are saved, consider how many times they prayed. And oh, my friend, how many prayers have gone up in the nostrils of God. 
Many have suffered and persecution have prayed for the Lord's return. And by the way, we ought to be praying that each and every day of our lives that Jesus come quickly. Amen. Many have prayed for the suffering of God's people to end. Many have prayed for Satan to be defeated. Many have prayed for sin fully and finally removed. And we need to keep on praying that and keep on praying that because that's how Jesus taught us how to pray. He said, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done uh, on earth as it is in heaven. Every prayer that the saint of, God's, uh, saint of God has prayed has been in the presence of God. And by the way, look up here. He's not forgotten neither one of them. God has not forgotten a prayer that you prayed. God has not ignored a prayer that you prayed. Amen. Sometimes it may feel like it, but I promise you, he has not forgotten or ignored it. Amen. He remembers, amen? amen? 1 John 5, 14 says this, and this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. Not our will, but his not our will, but his. That's why Jesus prayed, not our will, but thy will be done. Amen. 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 The prayers for the deliverance from evil will soon be answered. Thank God in mighty power. When we get to heaven, there will be no evil there. When we get to heaven, there ain't going to be no sin there. And thank God, my friend, the prayers of God's people, our faith will end in sight. That's when we can walk by sight, amen? Because our faith will end in sight. A moment that calls for a moment of jubilation. Then we see the praise in verses 9 and 10. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation and hast made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. You thank God, my friend, we find the host of heaven, they're singing a new song. It's a new song in the sense that the heavenly choir has just assembled and began to sing. But it is a song as old as time. Amen? Amen. It's a song that the heavenly choir will sing together anew, but yet it is a song as old as time. It's a song of the old, old story that never grows old. It's a song of the old, old story that never loses its splendor. It's a song of praise that's lifted to magnify he that is in the midst of the throne, the Lamb of God who is worthy. This song comes from the hearts of those whose faith, as I said, has ended in sight. It is there that the redeemed will fully realize their eternal redemption. You see, right now, we have, a, we have an idea about our eternal redemption. But friend of mine, when we see him face to face, <laughs> I say tonight, church, when you and I who are saved by the grace of God, when we see him face to face, uh, thank God we will fully realize what this redemption plan was all about. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad to be among those when the saints go marching in and see him who's in the midst of the throne? We will understand it as never before what the sacrifice of Calvary did for us. We will be completely aware that his blood made all the difference between heaven and hell and redemption for us. Amen? Amen. Amen. 
verse 11, we see the participants. And I beheld, and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and the beasts and the elders. And the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. Hey, look up here. If you don't like shouting down here, don't you go to heaven. Amen. I said tonight, friend, if you don't like all the shouting and the raising hands and praising God that we do down here, don't you go to heaven. Because you know why? Right there in that verse, that tells me there's going to be a whole lot of shouting going on. Amen. Hallelujah. And a hot dog in Yahoo too. There's going to be a whole lot of shouting going on. And I tell people this, I'm a practicing up down here for when I get over there. Because you see, practice makes perfect. Amen. <laughs> oh, my friend, he saw them in an innumerable multitude. John saw the angels. He saw the four beasts. He saw the elders. Every one of them were praising God in unison. What a sound that's going to be. While the angels and the beasts can't praise the Lord for redemption, they're praising him because he is their creator. They, they declare continually as they are saying holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. Oh, my friend, just saying that puts goosebumps on my bald head. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. He is in the midst, amen, and he's right there with us every step of the way. Those are the redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. We'll join in the worship course for the one who took our place, bearing our sin and enduring the judgment we deserve. The redeemed will praise the worthy Lamb of God. Last of all, in verse 12 through 14, we find something else. Saying with a loud voice. You see it right there? They didn't say it with a quiet voice. That's why I'm loud. Amen. Amen. I've got permission to be loud when I'm praising the Lord. I don't need your permission. I don't need the government's permission. I don't need the mayor's permission. My friend, because God, my friend, God, who has the final authority, he said right here, I've got permission. And he said, say it with a loud voice. And the Bible says there with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing and every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them heard I say, hallelujah, heard I say, blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the lamb forever and ever and the four be said amen and the four and twenty elders fell down and worshipped him and lived forever and ever worthy is the lamb that was slain all the hosts of heaven above all the creatures below great and small in the earth will proclaim worthy worthy is the lamb Philippians chapter 2 verses 9 through 11 says this wherefore God also hath 
highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father hey one of these days we're going to be right there with John and see him in the midst of the throne and we're going to praise him worthy 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 is the lamb that was slain amen well, as I close the night, uh, a lamb is in the midst of the throne. And thank God, friend of mine, one of these days, those of us who are saved by the grace of God, we're going to a supper. Amen. It's called, hallelujah, it's called a marriage supper of the lamb. You see, I like to eat. Y'all can say amen right there. Thank you. You like to eat, don't you? Amen. 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 You see, y'all thought I was just going to pick on me, but I'm going to pick on y'all too. Everybody likes to eat. I don't know of nobody that don't like to eat. And I know some people who think, they, 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 they say they're eating, but all they do is eat vegetables. <laughs> Vegetarians. <laughs> I'm a Baptist, I'm not a vegetarian. <laughs> I'm a Baptist, I'm not a vegetarian, therefore I eat everything, amen. Yeah, come on now. Uh, I was talking to a young man yesterday, probably 19 years old, maybe 20. He, uh, he and I got talking about hog brains. You ever ate hog brains? Uh, yeah, man, come on now. Yes, sir, brother. Hallelujah. Isn't that something? He gets shouting on hog brains already. I mean, my grandpa tricked me one time into eating hog brains. He said, eat these little fella. I'm not going to tell you my nickname that he called me. He said, eat these. I said, what is it? He says, eggs and bell sausage. That's, right, That's what he told me it was. I ate it and I was like, Paul, these are a little bit more saltier than the, what I'm normally used to. <laughs> and he said, well, I put a little bit more salt. He wasn't lying. He put a little bit more salt in it. But it wasn't until after I got done eating, what he told me, he put a little bit more salt in. Hog brains. Fresh out of the head. That we killed on the wintertime. Amen. I mean, friend of mine, I'm telling you, uh, brother, uh, let me say right now, I, I'm telling you right now, I'm not a vegetarian. I'm a Baptist. I ain't just about anything. But one of these days, uh, we're going to go somewhere and we're going to be right there in heaven. We're going to be at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Amen. And Revelation 19, verse 5 and 9 says, And the voice uh, came out of the throne, saying, Praise our God, all ye servants, and ye that fear him, both small and great. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude and the voice of many waters and the voice of mighty thunder and said hallelujah for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth let us be glad and rejoice give honor to him for the marriage of the lamb has come and his wife had made herself ready and to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen clean and white for the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints and he saith unto me right Blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he saith unto me, These are the true sayings of God. Thank God. I'm glad to know tonight, preacher. I've made preparations. I'm going there. And brother, I'll see him in the midst of the throne. But hallelujah, will that table spread. Amen. I'm going to have a Kit Kat bigger than a Volkswagen. I'm going to have a bottle of <laughs> I'm going to have a bottle of Sierra Mist bigger than a cannon, amen? 
Yes, sir. I'm going to have a cake bigger than a swimming pool. You better believe I ain't going to worry about diabetes either. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. I'm going to eat right. That's right, brother. Yes, sir. I'm telling you, friend, we got something to look forward to tonight, church. If you've ever been saved by the grace of God, because, hey, he's in the midst of our struggles. He's in the midst of the church. And thank God, he's right there in the midst of the throne. And hallelujah to the Lamb. We're going to be right there with him. Amen. Amen. I've made my preparations, and I pray that you have too. If you have, you ought to rejoice tonight and let it stir in your soul. And revive your heart that all of this is just temporary. One of these days, our faith will end in sight. And we'll behold him in the midst of the throne. Thank God he's in the midst tonight. I'm glad that Jesus is in the midst. Thank God for the presence and power of God. Heads bowed, eyes closed, all the house of God tonight. I'm finished.